Hello and welcome to Setting This Game. <clears throat> nope, let's try that again. Let's try that one more time. <laughs> um, Just keep it. Please keep this in. We'll see. Hello and welcome to Setting This Game. I'm Ben. I'm Doug. And I'm Tristan. And you know, it's a lot better when I don't, you know, cough in the middle of that. And uh, listeners, do. and listeners, if uh, if you did not hear, if you don't understand the context for Ben saying uh, something about choking, well then Good. Ben was a cow. Well then Ben was a coward and didn't leave <laughs> the better intro <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah. So yeah, there we go, Ben. You've, yeah. You heard here first. Ben choked on some water. Yeah, he <laughs> did. Yeah, he did. So. And it led to probably my favorite opening of the podcast ever yep. um, but you know what i didn't choke on my aspirations mm, wow mm, that's a wow. different film call <laughs> yes, this man general krennic or i guess not general no, director krennic actually anyway we're Whatever. not talking about that at all but it's we're nice also we're also we are not talking about yeah because it's not when harry met sally sorry folks if uh no, you're here, no, yeah, no, it's if, if if you read the title of this episode and you still thought that we were talking about when harry met sally i'm sorry about that but uh but we're not doing that we're not doing it yeah yeah uh if you actually listen to our episode that we posted last week cars 2 um well we actually also did not mention it there either uh because that episode is like three or four years old um, but this week we're actually doing something completely different that I don't think we've ever really done before. We're not talking we about a movie. We we have not talked about we've not we done are, this ever before. We are talking about what might be a miniseries, but is probably really more of just a regular TV show. It's Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi. I, I I would I would probably call it um I would probably call it a a miniseries. Yeah, but we'll talk yeah. about that later. We will. Um. So yeah, we're talking about Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. General that. Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, if if you are unfamiliar with who uh, we speak of when we say Obi Wan Kenobi, um, well, of course well, I know him. Well, He's that's me. that's that's oh, cool. <laughs> that's cool. If if this is your first time ever being introduced to the character of Obi Wan Kenobi, well, allow us to welcome you with a fond hello there. Um. <laughs> And uh and now yeah. is where you would see or hear General Kenobi. I do all enjoyed better, that. I think. I think. Oh, I absolutely! But I hope you enjoyed that. Um, so I yeah, certainly did. So Obi Wan wow. Kenobi is the uh, mini series, limited series, first season of a TV show released by Disney Plus uh, in the year 2022. Um, it uh, stars uh, Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Moses Ingram. Vivian Lyra Blair. Hey, you got uh, it right. Yeah, I did. Uh, Rupert Friend. Um, there's there's a whole slew of other folks. Uh, Joel Edgerton's in a couple episodes. Camille Nadjiani is in a couple episodes. O'Shea Jackson is in a couple episodes. Uh, the man who I love dearly, Jimmy Smits, is in a couple episodes. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's a lot of people in the show, guys. Um, and uh, James Earl Jones is uh, his lovely voice is in several episodes. Darth Vader. Yes. Um, uh, ratings wise, this show, I almost said this movie. Uh, this show has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, and an 83% on The Google. That's pretty uh, middle of the road. Yeah. Ben, I don't know that Common Sense does TV shows. Oh, they did. And I am very confused. Um, 
So they gave it three stars out of five, but that's not the part that confuses me. Uh, the part that confuses me in the article, there's a section that says what parents need to know. Parents need to know that Obi-Wan Kenobi is a Star Wars miniseries about the great Jedi and its relationship with Luke and Leia when they were children. It's more geared toward younger viewers than some other recent Star Wars series. The tone is similar to the Phantom Menace and the 80s Ewok movies. Well, you heard it, you heard it here first, folks. folks yes, if you the TV series that has an entire village hiding as Darth Vader comes through ruthlessly killing people. Well, has a similar tone to that, the 80s Ewoks films, which I will say I have not seen. So uh, who knows? Maybe. I mean, in, in <laughs> their defense. Even, so in their as defense, it's Ben doesn't actually know. <laughs> in, in their defense, I mean, there is a scene in the, I think, Caravan of Courage where an entire uh, yeah. campsite gets slaughtered. Oh, yeah. And a bunch of Ewoks get slaughtered as well. A child literally let, is hiding next to his father um, while his father is killed. Um, so we need to watch so, yeah. those on the podcast at some point. Yeah. Uh, also, do real we? quick, yes. real quick. Um, so I do have the budget for Obi Wan Kenobi. Although TV shows, if you don't know, are kind of different. Where we don't really look at box office, we look at how many people watched it. Um, so uh, Obi Wan Kenobi was made on a budget of ninety million dollars, which is one of, if not the lowest budgets for a Disney Plus original live action show. Really? Um, yeah. Um, is that, I, I guess, average 15 mil an episode? Uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of, I guess. Um, uh, Viewer-wise, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi drew in 1.8 million uh, viewers. Um, yeah, 1.8 million viewers. Uh, whereas the Book of Boba Fett, whose budget was $180 million, um, brought in 1.5 million viewers. So, yeah. What the heck was one half the budget of the Book of Boba Fett? I don't know. I don't, I don't sign those checks. I don't make the decisions. I just read off the information. Oh, also, Zach Braff is in an episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I'm not going to lie. It was really weird when he came on screen. What what did he do? Um, he played Freck. Ah, Freck. Yeah. Which one was Freck? I don't remember. Oh, okay. I just remember. Wait, no, no, no. He's he's the guy who like smuggles uh, Leia and Obi Wan into the. He like gives them the ride and then. Oh, that was Zach Troopers. Braff. Yeah, that was Zach Braff. Why? I don't know. Why was that I, Zach Braff? Once again, I don't sign those checks. I don't make those decisions. Like so Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, Ben or Tristan, would either of y'all care to tell us what exactly happens in the show? Or if you want to be really cute and funny, you could do it every other word. You just switch back and forth. Okay, we got this. In Obi Wan Kenobi, it is set in the. Rise of the Empire era about 15. Try again. What? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give 14? you about 30. 10. It's 10. It's 10. Oh, okay. I was trying to get you to like about 10 years oh, before a new hope. Whatever. Okay. 
Trevson, tell, tell us what the series is about while I finish okay. the Snickerdoodle. Well, sure thing. Basically, we've got Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's been exiled. Jedi Purge happened. He's been on Tatooine for 10 years. Watching Luke working on in the field, like doing a, a what meat was he doing? Cutting I meat. Yeah, I think he's I think, he's, I think he's cutting meat off like meat off of like a, a bantha or a um no it's a it's a crate dragon probably or something oh, big okay. maybe not a crate dragon but something huge mm. um and yeah that's just what he's doing and it looks he, like tuna it looks like tuna steaks yeah and there's some um inquisitors who were after it or like looking for him they, they get a lead on that he could be there well they got a lead on another jedi that was spotted oh yeah, yeah true true um anyway he ends up leaving tatooine uh, to go help find Leia, who was lost because some people kidnapped her, and then the rest of the show, he finds her like episode two or three or something, and then he, uh, the rest of the show is him getting her back to um, her parents, um, and hijinks ensue, including Darth Vader, um, and inquisitors and, and inquisitors and inquisitorious. And, and, Getting flooded Imperial again. Officers Draco Malfoy shows up. Um, it's pretty wild. So Gandalf says, "You shall not pass." I mean, wild time. Pretty much anything you think might happen happened. Although Caesar does not say no. <laughs> that only happened in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Ash yeah. finally caught them all. <laughs> been waiting for Ash to catch them all. He keeps saying he's going to do it. When will you do it? The the crew of the Starship Enterprise finally went where no one has gone before. Wow. They finally found the last place where no one had gone before. Oh, interestingly, uh, it it was just it was just Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of weird how they missed that. Wow. I mean, oh, Ben, yeah. you're on top of it with the jokes tonight. I'm here for it. <laughs> I mean, we are rocking and rolling. Um, uh, I'm just trying to get you guys hyped up. I'm just trying to get you guys hyped up. This show has a lot of freaking hype. So I don't know. That, about that was bad. I'll, I'm sorry about that. That one. was really bad. Um, <laughs> so as I was going was to say, as I was going to say, yeah, this show, I was psyched as I'll get out about this show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen coming together one more time uh, to to don the old to don the old robes well let, let me ask what was y'all's expectations for, like with the show coming up and then what was your experience with the show when you saw it okay so so this is sort of my immediate thought process i thought that the story of the show was going to be obi-wan was discovered by inquisitors and then he's just on the run and then the final episode is he has to face down against Darth Vader. He has to beat the crap out of Vader and then leave and never come back and like just hide the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. I also thought I also thought Obi-Wan's about to have to kill a bunch of inquisitors. Um and when it came out and I realized they were doing the sort of Leia approach. The Leia, the Leia, the classic Leia approach. The um the, the Leia video approach, game, the video game uh tactic of go and find this thing, 
and then bring it back. Yeah. Um, I even texted Ben. I said, I'm I'm here for it as long as they don't kind of butcher Leia. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they did. Absolutely I think Vivian, not. I think Vivian Lyra Blair. Like, I think she's honestly, easily almost the best part of this show. She she brought it. Mm-hmm. She brought it. And I feel like she adequately not adequately that's not even exceptionally i i would say she she more than met the met the requirements Mm -hmm. of portraying a young princess leia um so yeah uh yeah i really i really dug the show it was Mm -hmm. definitely different than what i thought it was gonna be because i did not know that we were gonna get three whole episodes basically of vader yeah 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 it was i mean it was a lot better than i thought it was going to be um i i guess i didn't really have a ton of expectations going in i didn't really see leia being a big part of it i was i I was honestly surprised about Mm -hmm. that i um i think it was a really good move though and that was that was the complaint of a lot of people uh that i know and the reviews i've read that he went to like you know the plot was Leia when he's like supposed to be watching Luke. So you would think that they would write a Luke thing. Um, something that happens to him. So, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, the actress for Leia was really good. Um, otherwise, my expectations before, I didn't have much. I wanted it. <laughs> the hype was real. I wanted this show. I just didn't know what I wanted exactly yeah. from it. I just yeah. want to see Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan as like an older Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that's very fair. I think that's honestly where I was. Yeah, I was kind of in a similar place when they first announced it. I had a simultaneous mix of like, yes, I'm really excited. I want to do this, and also, well, what are they going to do with it? Because mm-hmm. what we know is that Obi Wan watched over Luke from Tatooine on a desert planet, trying to keep a low profile. And I was like, how are they going to do this story and him not be public enemy number one at the end of this? Yeah. Um, and I think they did a really good job with it. Um, I was particularly impressed with how they handled uh, the conflicts between Obi-Wan and Vader, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Um, but I was particular, particularly impressed with that. Um, obvious spoilers for this whole episode, but... I was really impressed with how they dealt with uh, Obi-Wan's kind of psyche throughout the whole series. Uh, Because at the beginning of the series, he is broken. He's defeated. Uh, But there's like, you can tell there's still like a little bit of like hope in there. He's trying to uh, commune with Qui-Gon Jinn. He's still watching over Luke. Um, But it almost feels like something that he has to do. But by the end, he's reconnected with the force. And like, you can tell that he's got this spark of hope again. And just like seeing that journey, I think is probably the best thing to come out of the show. Yeah, I agree I with th- that. I mean, you see it in episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's, oh, he's a, he's not a broken old man. He is mm-hmm. a um, whimsical-ish, thoughtful old man. I think he's hopeful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think there is still some brokenness in there because, I mean, we see some of that in the show, uh, especially in that last confrontation with Vader, uh, where he realizes that Anakin is, 
at least in his mind, truly gone, which can we just talk about that whole scene for a second? I know that we said we would talk about it later, but honestly, that whole scene might have been my favorite scene in Star Wars. Um, which which one? Uh, the last fight between Vader and Obi-Wan. Um, yeah, that was really good. Top tier acting from Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Uh I know it was absolutely nostalgia bait, but I was totally here for bringing Hayden Christensen back. Um, but like having that moment uh, at the end where Obi-Wan like does the same thing as Ahsoka takes part of his mask off and sees Anakin. And it's just like the, no, Anakin is dead. Like, ah, it was so Yeah. Funny. Those, that was some really, there were some great lines at the end there. Mm-hmm. And then the subtle goodbye Darth at the end. Because in the um, in episode four, he only calls him Darth or Darth Vader. He doesn't call him Anakin. Yeah. Whereas like leading up to this, he's only called him Anakin. And like that seeing up. that like turn is, oh, <laughs> I was crying. Yeah. I mean, this whole series made me very emotional. The I I don't think I know I was not deeply immersed in Obi Wan content before Disney mm-hmm. because a lot of I mean, a lot of the stuff that came out, it was just comics and books. Hmm. Like, there was a novel. It was called, like, The Life of Obi-Wan Kenobi, I think. And that book, from what I can remember, was almost all on tattooing. And it was just him. Like, a lot of, like, a big part of it was him just reflecting and, like, talking to Qui-Gon. Hmm. You know, or trying to talk to Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, he didn't always appear. So... I could see how like that maybe the writers wouldn't want to go that way or they thought it would be boring or something. But a very different movie from or well, I say movie show from the other shows that we've seen, I think. From Disney Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. It's much different from um the things like the Mandalorian or especially the Book of Boba Fett. Um yeah. Although I think I guess it does take some kind of similarities to the book of Boba Fett, because uh, there you've got Boba Fett kind of reeling from the worst moments of his life and kind of building his life back up, which yeah. I guess you kind of get with Obi Wan. But this wasn't usurped by another show halfway through. I I will say uh, the biggest the biggest complaint that I've heard um, is that uh, a lot of people sort of feel like Obi Wan Kenobi is a case of the snake eating its own tail because even though, even though the show sells it with Obi-Wan's emotional journey at base value, we start with Obi-Wan in exile on Tatooine and we end with Obi-Wan in exile again on Tatooine, which is what we all knew we had to get back to. No mm-hmm. matter what you do, we have to get back to this point. Um, Which, which I think is, I think it's fine. I mean, I, I still love the show. But I do think that that's sort of a that's sort of an issue that the show has to overcome. And I think at times it was kind of spinning its wheels just a little bit to say, okay, we got to A, stretch this out into a six episode series mm-hmm. and B, we've got to get Obi-Wan right back to where he started. That yeah. Yeah. Say I, that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed it immensely. I'm just saying there were some parts where you could definitely tell they were trying to spin their wheels trying to figure out how we're going to do this i mean yeah. i think that's why they had bail organa leave that 
overly detailed message for Obi-Wan that he just happened to lose the Reva then found and yeah and and I'll also the dots. I'll I'll also say um I'll also say that is the single dumbest thing that Bail Organa <laughs> could have done. Yep. And I don't particularly love that. I don't it's kind of a Thor love and thunder situation. I don't love it when for the sake of your story you intentionally make your character an idiot. That's fair. Um, Especially a character who in the past has been seen as a very intelligent character. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't like anyone. I don't like anyone hurting my boy, Jimmy Schmitz. Yeah. I was going to ask, how, how do you, how do you feel about Jimmy Smith? I love Jimmy Smith. Anytime I see Jimmy Smith in something, I genuinely have a burst of glee. <laughs> Did you see you, uh, In the Heights? You're darn right I saw In the Heights. In the Heights. Yeah. Um, and I loved him in it. Yeah. He's good. I look, I I love Jimmy Smith. I think I think he's such an interesting example of I think he's almost like my antithesis of It's Mila like Longiani. a Colin, Fir- Colin Firth syndrome. No, no, no. I think he's oh. almost like the antithesis of Kamel Nanjiani, where he's in a lot of stuff. And this is not a diss on Kamel Nanjiani. I love Kamel Nanjiani. It's just I think sometimes he's in things that he doesn't really need to be in. And I think there are plenty of times where Jimmy Smith is in stuff that Jimmy Smith doesn't really need to be in. But I I have yet to find something that Jimmy Smith is in that I don't love him in. And there are a couple things that Kamel Nanjiani is in that I don't love him in. Yeah. yeah i don't this show for me i don't know why i know why camille nanjiani was in it but because he's he played kind of a silly character at the beginning mm-hmm. but i just i just didn't really fully get or i didn't fully like his more serious tone as that character like see i actually really like that turn for him because i didn't like him at the beginning <laughs> But then he kind of turned and ended up not being just a complete creep. And uh, I think it was really just like meeting Obi-Wan that did that. And kind of like seeing that kind of impact that Obi-Wan has on people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't <clears throat> I don't I don't dislike the, um, that plot point, I guess, of like how Obi like how seeing a Jedi in that situation could change your thoughts about pretending to be a Jedi. I just mean, it's it's almost like Robin Williams is a comedic actor, and then you put him in um, a serious role, and he does really well. And you're like, that's incredible! Wow, that was an amazing performance. I just didn't feel that really with Kamel Nanjiani. I didn't. I'm not saying he has to be Robin Williams. Well, I think I'm just saying I think, like I think again that kind of goes back to there are a bunch of times where I feel like the show is spinning their wheels, and like we're kind of watching them figure out okay, how do we make this work? Because I get the logic of, let's have Kamel Nanjiani come in as this like bombastic sort of over-the-top character yeah. who is impersonating the Jedi, you know, da-da-da-da-da. I understand that logic. But in that same breath, you know that the effort is going to be made to sort of redeem Kamel Nanjiani's character, like make him see that the Jedi are a group to... to some degree be respected um Mm -hmm. you know what have you and 
I think it's I think it's a case of they let him sit in that in the comedic the comedic um why can I not think of the term? Y'all know what term I'm trying to think of. I just can't think of the word. Timing? No, no, no. Perspective. Uh comedic foil. foil. Comedic oh. foil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Um, I understand that he's looking to, they're trying to make him the comedic foil, but you're also just like, okay, but you don't really know how to get him out of this comedic foil right now. Yeah, right. And again, it's fine. It's just, it's just, we, we can see the wheels spinning a little bit. Well, speaking of uh, character redemption, let's talk about Reva for a second, because we, I think that her story takes an interesting turn about halfway through when we, get her background officially re- revealed that she is just a youngling who is trying to ultimately get back to Vader. And I think my favorite part of that was, I mean, Vader knew the entire time that what was happening and was essentially just using her, which I'll think of just Reba as a character, but that's in particular. So I really enjoy Reba as a character. I knew from basically, I, I kind of figured from the first scene when like they open up on order 66 i was like so reva was a youngling Mm -hmm. got it got it got it got it um i like reva i think reva's a solid character i again i think there were a lot of moments particularly in those little middle episodes where it's just like where it's just like let's kill some time um like the entire episode on fortress inquisitorious uh and really part two as well Mm. it's just like you're spinning your wheels you are spinning some wheels because because you know you know once again reva's not the main villain you know that i think it's a good reveal that like she's trying to she's trying to get back at vader and i think it's an even better reveal that vader knew the entire time Mm -hmm. but I, said, I, think I also, I mean, to interrupt you for a second, I actually really like how they tease it in, I guess it is part two, where Reva's chasing him through the city. And that's how Obi-Wan, or like, that's when she tells Obi-Wan that uh, she knows that Vader's Anakin. Like, that moment, at least for me, I thought was really good. And I thought Moses Ingram did a good job with the delivery of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Moses Ingram was fantastic in the role. I think Reva is a character who had really, really great moments. I don't think that they always knew the best way to use her, which I think is just kind of my thing with this show as a whole, is that I enjoy the show. I think there are just some moments where it's like, you don't, you were given an episode order and you don't necessarily know how to stretch it out to that long. Yeah. And I, I often felt with her they, <clears throat> that she had this, I, I guess this is just plot. I mean, there's a reason why this was the case, but she's had a very blind hatred that ruined her eventually. And I don't know. It's it To me, if you get to the point where you're an Inquisitor and you're that, like, uh, I don't know, maybe... I'm saying I get I'm thinking about how many like get people there are on the Empire who are like this already. So I don't I get what you're I, saying though. I get what you're saying of like 
I'm like, I understand that you're trying to get back at Vader, but there is a point where it's just like, yeah, but you've definitely done a bunch of messed up stuff. Right, like, you right. Cannot I mean, be it, at the for. end of the day, though, she's just saying that the ends justify whatever means she has to take. <clears throat> yeah, and it it makes more. It definitely makes more sense. I'm I'm more okay with it as the show goes on. Of course, like what I'm with it being like her general demeanor, but she, it, it's <clears throat> she's just she's just a, a bit immature as far as like being a jedi hunter <laughs> goes and like i don't know there's also a guy in rebels sort of unrelated who's also an inquisitor that i'm like how did you get to be in this role like these are some ruthless dudes and you're like very much not on top of it so i don't know what yeah, i don't know because you've got these other that... two inquisitors in this show and they're like the whole time like very much like hatred machines but still keeping things together and she's just lashing out all the time so i mean she had pretty much everyone that would be the closest thing that she considered family brutally slaughtered in front of her yeah but who's to say the other people didn't have that too you know like i'm not i mean we don't i'm not saying that she shouldn't be angry i'm just saying like that's that's part of being a sith bad stuff happens to you and you use it to fuel your anger and you don't just explode all the time. And you know? and I think I think that there are times where I think that there are times where um where if Reva is playing the long haul, if she's in this with the mentality of I'm gonna get back at Vader, then those moments when she lashes out, I I, I understand in hindsight sort of the mentality of like sort of the mentality of, like, I'm this close to Obi-Wan. And I still don't know if she was in it for the sake of, like, she wanted to kill Obi-Wan or if she wanted Obi-Wan to assist her. But... I I think she also wanted to kill Obi-Wan because I think she also blames Obi-Wan for not stopping Vader. Yeah, so... So, it doesn't really make sense for me if your... If your end goal is to defeat Vader... And sort of yeah. your side goal is I also kind of want to kill Obi-Wan because it's his fault that I'm in this position. Mm-hmm. Then the closer that you get to Obi-Wan, then you're going to lash out and draw a lot of attention to yourself because all that's going to do is raise eyebrows towards you. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make it less less possible for you to um less possible for you to succeed in your mission. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, yeah. That's that's sort of my take on it. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Is that it's it's another thing where where I love the character of Reva. I understand her motivations. I understand what she's doing, but I feel like in order for those motivations to work in the context that she's been placed, the showrunners and the writers had to make her intentionally dumb to cert to some degree and i feel like that's not the best writing if you're gonna dumb somebody down for the sake of making your story work i mean i I don't even know that it's so much dumbing her down i think they wrote her as i mean what she grew up from she was a scared little girl and she grew up and that that i mean to follow the path that yoda sets out in episode one i mean that fear led her down the dark side and 
led to that anger and suffering that hate and i i mean yeah she is very explosive throughout the series i think that's a direct result of that and sure there are other sith that have better control over that who know how to use that better but i mean the inquisitors also aren't sith apprentices they're just dark side users that are used to kill jedi yeah so i mean they probably don't they probably never received any kind of training other than hey chill out <laughs> yeah maybe how to know. maybe some training on how to use the little spinny lightsabers but yeah i mean the the inquisitors like when they were introduced in rebels just just kind of like a, a bit silly for me some of it like i was okay with it like i remember in the eu you had like the emperor's knights or something emperor's hands yeah and that was was that the same thing i don't really even remember something like that um it was similar like a similar concept mm -hmm. but less uh less branded <laughs> less uniform um and you know they it, it just it that that feels more like that that feels more like a sith like they're almost like too chained like they're like the uniforms and the specific lightsabers and it's just very like is this really how they would would they just conform like this really i don't know i guess if like you're being choked by vader and you're you're forced to but yeah i mean they're probably made to conform in that way yeah, I don't know. And it's probably to not make it seem like it's any kind of a Sith apprentice because then Palpatino comes snooping around and be like, no, no, no. And kill everyone. Yeah, now now I will say our good friend and collaborator Michael Ruiz, uh, we were talking about um, Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, while we were recording uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. And we were probably talking about it before then too. But Mike really just kind of hates the idea of Inquisitors and I do too, honestly. I, like I I don't I don't I don't love the idea of Inquisitors. Yeah. Just just in general. And I'm gonna be honest with you, the closest thing to Inquisitors that I really do like, and I know it's never gonna be made canon, that's fine, but I love me some Star Killer from The Force Unleashed, mm -hmm. played by the lovely Sam Whitwer. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will I will take some Star Killer all day, every day, give it to me. I mean, I will say I don't personally I like the Inquisitors. Um I enjoy the campiness of a lot of them. I like how in Rebels they use their lightsabers to fly. I love no, that. That's the okay, I hate the flying lightsabers. I think lightsabers. it's absolutely dumb, but I, I hate love the it. flying lightsabers, it's but campy. I will say I hate exactly, the flying lightsabers, I but it. I really am upset that we did not see lightsabers fly. I'm saying I, that was one thing that I really wanted to see in Obi Wan Kenobi. I knew I that they wouldn't really do hoping it. that we wouldn't see it, but even when we didn't see, it, I was like, man, I did want to see that. <laughs> I did want to just see them say. Uh, at least we it. did get a spinning lightsaber at one point. I was happy. About we did. That. We did. Yeah. They still spin. They do yes. still spin. We know that canonically much. speaking, they spin. They they at least spin ten years before. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know when the spinning started, but reading more lore on the lightsaber spinning, which is what what Ben's here for. So I mean, lightsaber spinning continued at least through the end of Rebels. 
But I think by then all the so we got a ten year dead. period at least of lightsaber spinning, very important to the Star yes. Wars canon. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, it is important to the Star Wars the canon. Star Wars canon, you're going to see even more wild and crazy lightsabers. Do you do you think? Uh, let me ask you this: uh, talking about Star Wars canon, should this have been a movie instead of a show? Yes, it 100 percent should have been a movie instead of a show. So I've been thinking about this all day. Um, I don't know why I've been thinking about this all day. We haven't, we didn't decide that we were doing this till like a few hours ago. Um, with the plot that we got, I do think it could have been done as a movie. I also think they could have just made the show a whole lot better. If that makes sense. Yeah. So like, I'm happy that we got the show, but I think they could have done more with the show. So it, it doesn't have those slow parts that make you feel like this should have just been a movie. Yeah, yeah, because I think I was telling um, Ben Robertson, uh, who we've had on the podcast before, um, I was telling him today, you know, I think that my biggest gripe with the Disney Plus material is Mm -hmm. that nine times out of ten, they let things go on for way too long. Yeah, I was looking at I was looking at the Andor um, episode schedule. And it's twelve episodes. And I'm I got, so excited for that. I no, think no, no, that, I'm terrified. I I'm think terrified it will be the like, single best Star Wars series today. I think I you're know. right. I think you're right, but I think that twelve episodes of anything to give you how much, like how confident I am in that. Michael Ruiz thinks the exact same thing. That's great. I'm still in, I'm still allowed to have my own opinion. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying Mike is very skeptical of anything Disney Star Wars, and even he is excited about it. Yeah, I just so. I I look at I look at Loki, which would have been a whole lot better if it was just if it was just a four a four episode thing or a two hour long movie. I was happy with I Loki. look at I look at um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I love Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But no, I need Falcon long. and the Winter Soldier as a TV show, man. See, I need it as a TV show. I just need it as a shorter TV show. No, I was happy um, with it. Well, that's fine. That's just my opinion. <laughs> no, that's fine. Your opinion can be wrong. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> love you, Dick. I know. Um, I mean, that, those are fair thoughts, and I understand that there are times it can move slow. It's just like, no, why are we spending so long on this? Personally, I didn't have as much of an issue with that in Obi Wan. Um, I think they certainly could have done more with having this be a full TV show, um, which honestly is probably why they're talking about doing a season two. Um, you know, let, I, let's go on and get into that. That's the single worst idea I've ever heard. It's not the worst idea I've ever heard. I think what, what I would do? want in a season two would not be what anyone else wants to see. Because in my mind, season two, it's just Qui-Gon teaching Obi-Wan how to become a force spirit. That's all it should be, but I don't want to see I think you can do it in like show. two episodes. Yeah. yeah I I, or like an hour and a half long special. Or, or or that's like a series of like ten shorts. I right. mean, here, here's here's what you do. You wait ten more years. Yeah. <laughs> you bring you and back in. You do another mini series, and you say, "Okay, Luke Skywalker is a teenager now, and 
he's I don't know gets his ankle broken in Baker's Canyon mm-hmm. kicking a rock or something whatever he does down there he just kicks a rock it's <laughs> kicking shatters rocks. his leg he's kicking rocks with his best bud Biggie's dark lighter <laughs> and uh Obi Wan even... snooping around and finds him and he's like Uncle Ben it's you. And then he turns around instead of saying hello there, he says, with great power comes great responsibility. That's what it is. That's right. That's exactly what it is. And then Luke Skywalker becomes Spider-Man and saves the universe. If if there was a sequel, quote-unquote, because after 10 years, I mean, I know you can do that with movies fairly easily, but with a Mm -hmm. show, like, that doesn't happen that often. You usually call that one a reboot. Um, But the way Uh, that this works, like, Disney has created their own thing here. Mm-hmm. And like not just Disney, but streaming services in general have created like, you know, we've been going long enough that we could remake this thing now. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, what does it look like? What do you call that? What is this new era we're in? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say one idea that I've seen floated around for an Obi-Wan Kenobi season two has been adapting. Uh, there's an arc in the comics, I believe, uh, during the time that is while well, Obi-Wan is on on Tatooine, where a former Tusken Jedi is who yeah. has uh, turned away from the Jedi Order. Uh, Sharon Heth. Yeah, him has kind of turned to the dark side, and Obi-Wan has to... I don't remember if he is just defending the Lars farm or, like, a whole town, uh, but that's, like, a whole uh, arc that you could do something with. I don't know if it's enough to fill six episodes, but I've seen that fluttered around, and I think that could be particular, particularly interesting. I read the wiki on it. Yeah. I mean, that's Darth great. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the same time, I don't need a season two. I got everything I wanted out of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah. That, I will say one favorite. thing, if nothing else, if they end up doing a season two, as much as I love Hayden Christensen, I don't want Darth Vader in it. Yeah. Well, he can't be. If he is, if he is, then that makes episode four that much worse. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing of, that's another thing of Darth Vader, one of the best villains ever. And at a certain point, like he starts to kind of look like an idiot, which he is an idiot, but at a certain point, you start to kind of undermine him. Yeah. I I think you can say the same about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Cause, I mean, he's had Darth Vader dead to rights twice now. Yeah. And still just let him go. Because he could have I mean, killed him on Mustafar. He could have killed him at the end of this show. And like, if nope. I, I, I don't know if it's Vader being like prideful and saying like, let him go. Like like when he dragged him through the fire and then the um former officer of the rebel came to like mm-hmm. save him. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, what was that? Was it either... Him just being like prideful and just being so sure of himself, or was it like, was it like uh, him like be like being sad about it, you know, or some or feeling some sort of emotion and didn't want to like kill him? Actually, poor little Annie Skywalker. That's a, you want to cry? I think it was more <laughs> of a. He thought it was too easy. He wanted more. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. I think that's also a good take, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, he could have easily killed Obi-Wan in their first battle because he was very disconnected from the Force and was a shell of his former self. Yeah. He could have easily killed Obi-Wan. 
you know, it's at times like suffer. it's at times like this when I'm reminded of um, that part in Spider-Man No Way Home when Peter Parker is on his phone. And he goes, you know, I could have killed you. That's not important <laughs> to anything. I just want to say I think about that every now and then. I'm like, that's such a weird line for Peter Parker to say. When did he say that? He says it when he's like luring the villains to the Statue of Liberty. When he's got all the Spider Boys with him, mm-hmm. Spider Man one, two, and three. Oh yeah, who does he say that to? He says it to all of them. He's just, just like Peter he's on his phone and he's like doing a TikTok and he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, I tried to help you and I could have killed you. And he says it like really, like matter of factly. Oh, yeah, he's just yeah. like, I could have killed you. He's like doing a Facebook Live or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Instagram life. <clears throat> yeah, and then uh, like J. Jonah Jameson goes, he admits it. <laughs> hmm. Classic. I just, I, ben thinks about um, Obi-Wan Kenobi on a daily basis. I think about Tom Holland telling villains, I could have killed you. What? Answer me this, okay? And then we can close. All right, I got one last question. Go for it. If J.K. Simmons was in Star Wars... What role would he play? Or what would you like to see him play? The Emperor. Well, no, I can't. It's got to be a new role. Yeah, the Emperor. The Emperor's son. (laughs) Pout Jr. I want to say, I want him to be, I want (laughs) him to be the kid that, that Emperor Palpatine had um, with somebody who apparently is Ray's mom. Or maybe it's someone he had like, an affair with while he was a senator. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's said... you know what? That's what I want to see in Star Wars. I want to see a political drama in which Emperor Palpatine is uh <laughs> is essentially blacklisted from <laughs> from high society because he has an affair with like some with like some diplomat's daughter or something like that. <laughs> and it's J.K. Simmons is the child. J.K. Simmons is the child, and the child's Hold only on, like ten in the show, but still wait, played wait. by J.K. Simmons. Wow. I'm actually in favor of this right now. <laughs> I'm I'm just joking right now, but <laughs> as I'm talking, I'm like, I would actually watch more the heck more. out of that show. Oh, of uh, course! I, what a original concept. That's it. I think J.K. Simmons could also do really well as like an imperial officer of some kind, or you know, he could just be the emperor. I could. I guess I, I love Ian McDermott. Look, I will, I, I will always support Ian McDermott. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ian McDermott is too old at this point, y'all. I, I could totally see J.K. Simmons if he were in Andor, if he was like a regional governor. What if he is? Like, what if he a... just shows up randomly in one episode, <laughs> or if he was like a, uh, like a, uh, an early rebel leader of some kind, you know? No, no, no. no. J.K. Simmons that. needs to play a villain. J.K. Sure, Simmons I think he could do both, it. though, pretty well. He totally could, and I'm not trying to steal that from him. I just really want to see him as a villain. Doug, yes, you said before. Ian McDermott is old. J.K. Simmons is only 10 years younger than he is. That's fine. That's, that's a, not that's that a, much. That's a good 10 years, though. That's enough of that's enough years to let J.K. Simmons be the emperor. J.K. Simmons, we know you're listening out there. J.K. Simmons, babe, we know you're listening. List. And we appreciate. I need you. to see that list at some point. Me too. I want to. I want to go over it in episode one hundred. Okay. Has it been? It's been continued since some jerks, right? 
Oh no, I don't have the sum jerks list. I started over from No. Um, I can see if I still have the sum jerks list. But, you have to have the sum jerks uh, list. Oh well. I'll see if I can find it. All right. Y'all got anything um, else? Uh yeah, I just want to say this one more time just to say that um that I thoroughly did enjoy uh Moses Ingram as Reva, but uh yet again, uh Moses Ingram did give way to just another realization that the Star Wars fandom is the single worst fandom on planet Earth. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Everyone, if you're a star if you're a fan of Star Wars, you have to hate Star Wars. So I don't like the rules. It's just how it is. Yeah. Um but uh I just want to say that uh yet again Star Wars fans are literally the worst people ever. Accurate. Yep. Anyway, you guys ready to score this thing? Yes, sir, Let's I am. It. Well, Doug, since you're not a coward, why don't you get us started? I'm going to give this movie a... This movie. I did it. I knew I was going to do it at some <laughs> point. I'm going to give this show a 63. Whoa. I Whoa, think it's what? good. Look, it's good. That's it's a hard score, Doug. It's in the positive. positive I think it spins what? its wheels a lot. I think Indeed. it spins its... I think it spins its wheels a lot. Um... I think it's wholly unnecessary, but I enjoyed it. Like, I mean, it's not to say that I didn't enjoy it. Three out of okay. five stars, Doug. Yeah, there are a lot of things that I give three out of five stars. Look, Doug's scores don't matter. He said himself. They don't. <laughs> Your scores don't matter either. My score matters. Nothing matters. Oh, wait, Nothing hold on. Wait, wait. I'm about to change matters. that score. I'm okay. sorry. I'm going to change that score. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna change that score because oh, okay. if I give it, hey, if I give it a sixty, score, if I give it a sixty-three, um, that means it's only one point better than Thor: Love and Thunder, and I definitely enjoyed the show more than Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, so I'm gonna give this movie a seventy. Okay, I can look at that. I'll give it a like seventy. That. I'm glad we could. You didn't do anything. I'm you glad did we not could. do it. I'm glad you we didn't could. do anything. Tristan, what are you Thor Love and Thunder did something. I'm giving this an 82. Um, probably for the same reasons that Doug gave his a 70, but I enjoyed the show th- pretty thoroughly. Um, I, I was excited to watch the new episodes when they come out, when they were going to come out. I was anticipating it all the whole way. It was a nice ending. Um, it was just. It was a. It was Leia was great. We didn't say that very much, but mm-hmm. she was really good. Um, surprisingly, so because most child actors are great. Um, so anyway, it, it was it was a good it was a good run. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go a little bit above you. I'm gonna give this an 87. Um, I think the show is really great. Um, like you mentioned, young Leia, um, Vivian Lyra Blair. I think she was phenomenal. Um, Doug, I don't know what that is that you're holding up, but it's creeping me out, man. It's a jar of sand and water. Okay. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Young Leia was great. Uh, everything in the show is great. Like, I don't know that I can rate it higher, but like, I can't distinctly, distinctly point at something and be like, I didn't really like that. So yeah, I think eighty-seven. Uh, after plugging that into our patented scoreometer, bow, 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 bow. Uh, we get a final score of a seventy-nine point six seven. Yeah, okay, that yeah. works. I can live with that. 
Um, I will also say that at a score of a 70, I scored it the exact same that I scored Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and I actually think that that's fairly accurate. I enjoyed both of these about the same I, I think this was better than that. Yeah. Well, an episode I would that. agree was, with you. That was a really fun movie. Well, that's your opinion, and this is my opinion. <laughs> I still uh, liked it. Like, don't get me wrong, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a whole lot more than I enjoyed The Mandalorian. See, I, I've also really enjoyed The Mandalorian. So. See, I, I hated The Mandalorian. Oh, Season yeah. 2 was much better, in my opinion. Season 2 was really good, and then it wasn't. Well, that's yeah. a conversation for another time. Sure. Um, but you know what conversation we're going to have next week? We're going to talk about the movie that we said we were going to talk about last week, the week before. Did but that no make promises. Sense? You mean we're going to talk about <laughs> when Harry met Sally? Exactly. Gotcha. And you know, that movie kind of hops all over in time, too. So, like, I think it's fitting that we can't seem to pin it down for a yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I'll just go on and tell the listeners at home, uh, if for some reason we don't do When Harry Met Sally, these are the episodes you could possibly expect. Um, we could possibly do an episode on Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Uh, Maybe the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Demolition Man. Or Dude, Where's My Car? Or Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Or Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Oh, boy. Anyway, it might be one of those, or we might just do something else entirely like we did this week. Yeah, Be sure to tune in next week to find out. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow us on social media at Viter Media. New episodes come out every Wednesday. Until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Tristan. And this has been a very fun episode of Setting the Scene. You guys have a great week.